lesson today is from Acts 9. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go down to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days he was with the disciples in Damascus and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues saying, He is the Son of God. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That is an Easter story. Saul, or anyone coming to the light, is an Easter story. Another example of Jesus changing the world post-resurrection. Jesus did not stop calling lives or changing lives when he ascended to be with the Father. He was just getting started. And sometimes, as in Saul's case, a conversion can be almost as miraculous as Jesus emerging from the tomb. Saul, we should be clear, wasn't looking to be converted. His former life suited him just fine. He was not empty or meaningless. He didn't think of himself as far from God. In fact, he thought of himself as much closer to God than those Jews turned Christ followers, those people of the way who needed to be rounded up and worked over 
reminded of the basic tenets of their faith, that there is one God, and he did not take on human flesh and walk among us. Saul, as he'd later not boast, had great reason to be confident in the flesh. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness in the law, blameless. Saul knew the law and lived it and zealously confronted those who did not. Mothers have a way of zealously confronting those who do not live under their law. Remember how you used to get the full name treatment? And when you heard it, you knew you'd better stop. William Francis Malambry III was a mouthful. Long enough to tell me that if I had not stopped my behavior by the end of those syllables coming out, something would stop it. The biblical equivalent of a mother using one's full name is double speak of one's first name. When that happened, somebody meant business. Abraham, Abraham called the angel, stopping Abraham just as he was about to sacrifice his son Isaac. After Joseph revealed to his brothers who he was and told them to go and get their father and bring him, Jacob, back to Egypt, a hesitant Jacob heard from God, Jacob, Jacob, do not be afraid to go. When Moses turned to see this bush that was on fire but not burning up, God spoke to him from it, Moses, Moses, and called him to the task of leading God's people In each instance, God interrupted what seemed right for what was better. Abraham was sure that he was supposed to sacrifice his son Isaac. That's what the word of the Lord had been to him. Jacob was sure that his homeland, a safe distance from a man who may well be bent on vengeance, was a good place to remain. Moses had escaped the clutches of Pharaoh and evaded punishment for having murdered a man. Why would he return to Egypt? Each thought that where they were and what they were up to was right, but God interrupted that for something better. And the way we know that God got something better for them, had something in mind better for them, was because they obeyed. Their obedience meant that there was more to the story, more for us to know about this story, which revealed to us Isaac's life spared so that the generations of Abraham's descendants could continue to grow. Joseph's prominence providing for Jacob and all of their family through the famine. Moses able to lead his people to freedom, giving the Hebrew people their signature story of God's intervention, God's grace. Saul, a student of the Torah, must have known that when the Lord says your name twice, you had better pay attention because something is about to happen. Saul, Saul, the blind man now heard. Why are you? 
persecuting me? Was he playing dumb when Saul responded, Who are you, Lord? If so, if he knew that this was the way that God spoke to people, how surprised must the zealous persecutor of the church have been when the reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. If you didn't know the rest of the story, you'd be rather concerned for Saul at this point. Not only was he aligned with those who sought Jesus' death, he was tormenting those who followed him. Like an avenger, Jesus had showed up with bright lights, called Saul's name twice, and could have been there for retribution. Retribution would have suited Ananias. Ananias was minding his own business, following Jesus, trying to avoid people like Saul. He knew Saul's reputation. He may well have known people firsthand abused by Saul. Notice he only had to say his name once. Ananias, go find Saul. He's praying. He's had a vision of you coming. Now go lay your hands on him so that he can see. Like those double-named predecessors, Ananias took a little while to be convinced. Um, I, I'm doing some good here, Lord. Following you, teaching others, we've survived so far, I'd like to keep it that way. I don't know, I know you know a lot of things, maybe this one slips by you, Saul is not good, he's bad and not in the good way, you don't want him, and I'm sure I don't either. You've probably heard people describe life-changing experience in their life as a Damascus Road experience. She saw the light. She changed her direction. She went from working against God's desires to working for them. She once was lost, but now was found, was blind, but now can see. She's had her Damascus Road experience. We don't talk enough about straight street experiences. Saul wasn't the only one called by the Lord to make a change that day. Jesus didn't say his name twice. He sure did call Ananias to a difficult task. Significant faith. Brave obedience. Ananias was told to go to the proud and effective persecutor of the church and to give him new vision. God could have healed Saul by himself. God didn't need Ananias for that. God had no trouble blinding Saul when God chose to do so. God could have healed Saul alone, but chose instead to bring Ananias in for the healing so that both Ananias and Saul could be healed that day. Healed of their blindness to God's activities, healed of their blindness to others. And as a clear sign that Jesus rising from the dead was not his last act, Ananias showed up and 
called Saul brother. Before Saul was baptized. Before Saul received the Holy Spirit. Before Saul demonstrated in any way that he had been changed, Ananias showed up. worth asking again. Who are you, Lord? Who is the Lord? Someone who can take a man like Saul and make him into a man like Paul. Someone who can take a justifiably frightened Ananias And compel him to see Saul as his brother. Someone who can take Abraham, Jacob, Moses, you and me and say, child, child, I have this for you and then give you what you you 